Alexander. Hi. We do this podcast called Filmed in Canada. Yep. Um, so we do uh, two regular episodes a month where we talk at length about a uh, Canadian movie. Yes, we do. And uh, this one is a bonus episode, kind of in between those episodes, just to just check in with you and I for the benefit of our listeners. Mm. How you doing? I'm okay. Mm. That's yeah. good. Did you have a good uh, Canadian Film Day? National Canada Film Day? What is that called? National Canadian? National Canadian Film Day. Which was uh, which April used to 18. be on April 20th, but then they realized that was International Weed Day. 420. Um, so you can no longer get high and watch Canadian movies at the same time. Not that there's any law against it. Wait. There are laws. <laughs> Soon to be less laws. Yeah. Uh, did you enjoy your uh, Canadian film day? I did. I also enjoyed 420. Okay. I, uh, I I watched the marijuana events happening from afar, and that is how I enjoyed 420 <laughs> by not partaking. Um, I did enjoy National Canadian Film Day. I unfortunately did not get to see any movies because I was. Uh, celebrating another occasion which was uh, my girlfriend Sarda's birthday yay well that that was a good choice i think good yeah. uh good it's a noble sacrifice mm. noble sacrifice mm. it was a good decision yeah, yeah. happy birthday happy belated birthday Sarda. Mm. yes uh thanks for supporting the show <laughs> she does she does listen to it uh how about you you enjoy it National Canadian Film Day? Yeah, it was okay. Yeah. It was fine. Um, Chris and I went to the Cinematheque where they showed uh, the 1986 movie Loyalties, Anne Wheeler's first fiction feature. Cool. Was, um, um, you had an idea? About? To rate old movies to from re- our catalog. To re-rate them, yeah. Yeah, on our, based on our new, our made-up and arbitrary rating system. Yeah, yeah, because I'm kind of, I'm digging this uh, new system that we have. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I just wanted to see how it worked if we applied it to something from the catalog. Very cool. Yeah. Um, does that sound good to you? It does sound good. What should we start with? Ginger Snaps. Ginger Snaps, yeah. We, I think we were thinking about that one. Yeah, that was uh, like episode four that we posted or something. It was actually our uh, our practice episode before we actually um, had a proper plan for the for making the podcast. Mm. Yeah, Ginger Snaps, that was the movie about the uh, two girls who were... Two sisters. Two sisters who were uh, experiencing uh, werewolfism. Mm-hmm. And I guess it's sort of... Uh, and an allegory or a metaphor for uh, going through bodily changes and puberty as as a young to mid teen yeah um yeah that's that's what it was about yeah. yeah yeah i think it's still it's still a pretty popular movie in in terms of like the canadian canadian horror movies i think people still remember that one so, yeah yeah also notable for uh, having a non-black janitor as a side <laughs> character in the yeah. movie, but also not white. I think he was... Was he Asian? East Asian of some variety, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> well, credit 
the uh, diverse casting, <laughs> <laughs> diverse background casting. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, well, let's look at that movie. Let's relook at that movie uh, in in light of our new rating system. So we need a reference point, and you suggested uh, Brian De Palma's movie Carrie. Yes, which makes sense. It does. Yeah. Also, a movie about a young woman sort of coming into her own and struggling to do so based upon the uh, societal pressures around her and how she's supposed to exist as a woman, I suppose. She was bullied at school. Yeah. And, yeah. Bullied and also her mom was super crazy and yep. like thought that she should be like... There's some there's some element of, of like punishment around her having a period. Yeah, yes. That that's that's sort of treated as something evil that should be repressed. Um, yes, and... and it has a really over the top and ridiculous and kind of sleazy shower scene at the beginning of the movie. Um, all right, so I I hold Carrie in pretty high regard. So do I. All right, so other than that shower scene, yeah. Although, like, I think I think the shower scene is 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 good in the way that it um, sets up Carrie's character. Sure. It's just overly gratuitous. And it's, it's gratuitous, for sure. There's lots of, lots of, uh, lots of steam. <laughs> Tastefully uh, dispersed steam. Or strategically. <laughs> or, it, it's, it's what it is. But, you know, in terms of, um, in terms of gratuitous nudity, school shower scenes, uh, that's a famous one. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Anyways, we don't need to get off on the shower scene. Um, no, no, I think that we, I, that's that that's your memory from Carrie, not uh, <laughs> not the prom. <laughs> no, I know. Okay, I know. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think I think Carrie is it's it's probably one of my favorite movies. Like mm. I've only seen it once, but it it leaves a very strong impression, mm-hmm. and it's just so tastefully made. I guess you could say. <laughs> um, no, uh, just like just the 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 filmmaking on display is is really really high quality and mm-hmm. um and it it has uh i mean among its many famous things that that live on in uh for film fans uh the the jump scare at the end uh, yeah it still works oh i know yeah it's just amazing yeah. Okay. So, um, you know, just uh, just a reminder to people listening about our rating system. We set that as the bar, and uh, and then we rate the the movie in relation to it. So it's not it's not to say something necessarily is a good or bad movie. It's in relation to something that we uh, that that seems comparable. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and for me, um, Ginger Snaps would uh, was also a good movie. So yeah. it it's carry minus two for me. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I guess I guess I was thinking more highly of Carrie, but also still thinking that that Ginger Snaps is also is also quite good. I guess it's just like Carrie has so much more working in its favor in terms of the the actors, the the production value, the the music, like just. Every, everything about it is on a higher level, I guess you could say, relative to Ginger Snaps, which is more of just an independent feature. And so in that regard... And also from Canada, which, yeah, which yeah, I, I, but, admittedly, I kind of take that into consideration. But, but I guess I guess both movies do a really good job within their budget constraints and, and, and 
all of that. So yeah, I guess I, I would say like minus two, minus three. Mm, okay. Yeah. I talked to you higher, I think, right? Yeah, yeah. I think so. Just because I guess it's just it's just easier to to like a movie like Carrie better because it's just it's just more like there's more movie in it in a way, I guess. Oh, I know what you mean. Yeah. yeah. It, this, it, there's just so much more on display that like you that, can point to. I mean, to. That, yeah. that party scene, the, 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 the prom scene at the end, and just how how that's all put together with the split screens and everything. Like, that's just, it's so much fun to watch. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, I guess, I guess they, I, I, don't, I don't think, I don't think they really had the opportunity to stage something as, as elaborately at that, as that in Ginger Snaps. So I guess that's why I'm. Mm-hmm. Since they didn't have that opportunity, it shouldn't necessarily be considered a demerit to that particular movie. Oh, okay, I'm, I'm I'm revising mine too. It's, it's carry minus three for me. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, another one that we uh, talked about at the beginning of our podcast history was uh, "Take This Waltz," yes. uh, directed by Sarah Polly. Yes. Um, which which um, you're on record for liking a lot. Yes. Yeah, yeah I still. I'd, I'd say I'd, I'd rank it second in her limited filmography, mm-hmm. above, away from her, and below Stories We Tell. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're not comparing it against either of those movies today. We are comparing it against one of the movies that I found from just searching infidelity movies on Google, uh, and we landed on In the Mood for Love. Wong Kar Wai movie. Yes. Yes, which is also... Um, um, is it? the most uh, I don't know if it's the most critically acclaimed movie from that director but it it seems to be like the most wide uh, widely known I think it's actually I think it's not only the most critically acclaimed by Wong Kar Wai but also one of the most critically acclaimed movies of the 21st century like it's it's near the top of that sight and sound mm. top 250 movies list that they do hmm um and which is notable given that it's only like it's less than 20 years old mm-hmm. yeah because it's yeah. it's 21st century i think it's like 2001 is it yeah i'm not gonna fact check that right now yeah but i'll, I'll take your word for it yeah it's like 2001 2002 2003 uh okay um but you were saying that uh you do not necessarily consider it to be his best movie um, or, or of it's not my favorite of yeah. Wong Kar Wai's movies. So I'm, yeah, I'm still. Uh, I, I love uh, Chunking Express mm. uh, a lot more. I haven't seen that actually. Yeah. You should borrow my Criterion of that. I would love to because yep. it's out of print. Is it? Yeah. Oh, okay. Then you'll have to leave a deposit. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I, I admire uh, In the Mood for Love. Um, yeah. I think I, I think um, on repeated viewings, I, I get a little bit impatient. Okay. Yeah. But but even though it's even though it's a brisk view. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um but it's still true. Uh, yeah. I get a little bit impatient. Um that's neither here nor there. We're comparing In the Mood for Love as uh as the uh, zero standard mm-hmm. and how how do we feel about Take This Waltz in comparison to that? I think I would put Take This Waltz then at a uh at a In the Mood for Love plus 1. Plus 1. Okay. Yeah. Interesting, because I because I feel like reflecting back on our discussion of Take This Waltz, I didn't think you liked it very much. There were a lot of things that frustrated me about it. Yeah, but I I'm, I'm just thinking like which one would I revisit now? Okay. Um, and I think I I might I might get more out of a rewatch 
um, of take the swaps than in the mood for love. Sure. So that's that's where I stand on it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I guess I think they're both kind of attempting similar things in in the sense of kind of this ethereal lyrical representation of an unrequited love, I guess, mm-hmm. um, and the conflict that comes along with deciding whether or not to engage in an extramarital affair. But like in the mood for love is is much more kind of abstract and and um, I guess non-narrative in a way. Yeah, at, at least the way that I remember it. Okay. Yeah. Um, I also I also remember it just being ultimately frustrating because um, the, the characters you follow, um, we we see them having this unrequited passion for one another. Um, we we see this. Uh, go to the point where something should happen but for me something doesn't happen mm. and uh, and at least in 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 take this waltz it explores the consequence of of that action so mm-hmm. yeah um yeah so i don't know I, it's it's a tough one for me because i really like i just kind of have a close personal connection to take this waltz mm. but it's also a similar kind of thing where like just the just the the technical presentation of in the mood for love is is so much more precise um and it's and its use of music i think is a lot more affecting um so i might just say like zero i guess can i do that yeah yeah <laughs> like i think i think i think level for you yeah i think they're kind of equal in my mind even steven yeah all right yeah why not that, that makes sense okay yeah, this 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 reminds me of um, when we recorded on um, Leolo. Yeah, and we were talking about like if you had uh, a list of a hundred favorite movies, like, yeah, like that nuance in the once you get into the sixties, seventies, eighties, right? Yeah, yeah. How would you make that distinction? And this this I think illustrates that that frustration. If you had such a long list, is how do you how's one edge? How does one movie with um, dissimilar filmmaking qualities edge out another one right mm-hmm. so it's uh i think that's why i can't compile a list of that yeah of that it, magnitude. It, it, and i always find it perplexing when i when i see a, a movie critic that that has has like a rating system out of 200 what who does that <laughs> this this exists there's like there's a <laughs> i think this guy's named mike d'angelo Mm. Um, and I follow him on Letterboxd, but he's a, he's a professional critic. Okay. Um, but yeah, he, he, he rates his, or he might be out of a hundred, but then there's this other guy that's out of 200 and like they get down to the nitty gritty of like, it's 162 out of 200 and like, uh-huh. I guess good on them for, for being able to be that precise. But I guess I just don't know what that precision really represents. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's much more difficult for me to, to, to really quantify something to that degree yeah uh, so, uh, to quantify art to that degree i guess yeah say the podcasters who used to have a reading system based on exponents of prime numbers <laughs> it wasn't exponents of prime numbers it was no, just prime okay. numbers <laughs> it, was leading, it was heading that way though yeah <laughs> <laughs> okay it was good to jog the memory on those uh, catalog titles yeah yeah um so coming up next month we've got some more uh quality podcasting talks for you uh, also we've invited a guest uh, to join us for one of those talks um darren gay he's the owner proprietor of black dog video in vancouver mm-hmm. so uh residents of, of this fair city will know that uh that uh that 
that fine businesses uh, a pair of video stores um, with, a, I guess you'd say it's a curated collection. They uh, they choose what movies they put on the shelves for their customers. And, and I guess one of those happens to reluctantly be Forrest Gump. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah, he's he finally uh, conceded to uh, populist demands and added that to his catalog. Yeah. It sounds like yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, Darren has been uh, operating that video store business for twenty two years. Um, uh, he's also one of my former bosses, so I I, I spent a few years uh, at one of his stores back in the day. Awesome. Um, and uh, here's a little sample of uh, what we'll be talking about with Darren. You have a section that features Canadian movies at the mm-hmm. store. Now, does it does that make a difference to your customers to have a Canadian section? I think so. It makes a difference to me. I like having having a Canadian section and you know supporting Canadian films. Mm-hmm. It's the only um, like well, I guess as opposed to maybe I don't know, some of the foreign countries that we have. We don't have like an American section. We don't have a British section. Mm-hmm. Section. We don't have like an Australian section. But I like having a Canadian section. People, you know, people. There are people that do like Canadian films, and they yeah. just, and then they they know where to go. To get them, and so I think it's I think it's important to have a Canadian section, you know, mm-hmm. feature our country's film. So yeah, yeah. What are the what are some of the popular movies uh, on that Canadian section? That well, to? of course, you know Cronenberg. Anything Cronenberg, it's uh, he, it's still renting really well. Um, Xavier Dolan, his stuff is a good renter, and uh, Adam Magorian stuff, of course. Um, Cube was a really good renter for us. Mm-hmm. That was a pretty fun film. Um, yeah, just uh, sort of the more kind of popular ones, I guess, uh, for Canadian. You know, um, they come and go. Like uh, Bruce McDonald ones, his earlier ones were really good renters. Later ones, not so much. <laughs> um, yeah, those, those kind of things. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Face Off from 1972. Uh, and uh, Darren, you're the one who recommended this movie for us. Yes, I am. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's obviously featured, uh, that, that is, it's part of your uh, catalog at the store. Yeah. Uh, had you watched it before? I had never seen it before, no. Okay. Um, I had a, a good friend uh, that I actually play hockey with. Um, it's his favorite movie. Uh, he's uh, he's kind of like a, he loves old school hockey mm. and um, I guess 60s, 70s counterculture kind of stuff. Mm. And this movie kind of, so it had both. Yeah. And uh and so yeah, he's been he he actually gave me a burnt copy of it a long time ago. I never watched it, and then uh, it finally got a, a nice DVD release um, a few years ago, and so I picked it up. But I haven't yet to watch it. And then this opportunity came along, and I said, "Oh, I'll watch this, and I'll force some other people to watch it too." <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yes. So uh, tune in in the month of May. Uh, download the one of the May episodes, and and you'll hear Darren sit with us to talk about Face Off, a classic of Canadian cinema. Nice. And, uh, yeah, I guess we wanted to thank Paige Smith for coming on the show again to talk about her uh, her short and um, manufactured landscapes. Uh, so both of those episodes were, were a lot of fun to create in the first place and then edit down and eventually post, which is how this whole thing works. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also coming up in May and I guess potentially bleeding into June will be a uh, pair of interviews with um, Manny Mahal and Matthew Taylor Blay, <clears throat> a couple of local filmmakers. Um, Matt Matt's film Force Movie played as part of the Future Present series at VIF last year, and um, Manny Shorts I can't recall. Uh, where they've played and when, but um, they're both actually available on their YouTube channel, Seedle Cinema, 
which you can check out in advance of those interviews. And um, again, great to talk to those guys, and we'll, and we'll likely have them back on at some point in the future when we get back to doing some NFB shorts, as uh, they, they're very passionate about talking about Arthur Lipset. All right. And in the meantime, um, find our other content on our website, filmedincanada.net. Email us at filmedincanada at gmail.com. And leave us a review on iTunes. If you do so, please email us to let us know that it was you who reviewed us, and we will take your recommendation for a movie to discuss in the future. Or alternately, um, you will be selected as uh, you'll be selected out of a hat as one of the jury members for our upcoming uh, decision on what is the best movie filmed in Vancouver. As as I guess narrowed down by our listeners and supporters on our Facebook group who suggested their top picks. And join future conversations on the Facebook group. Facebook, uh, what's it called? Film the Canada. Film the Canada podcast. Film the Canada podcast. All right. Until then. Do you want to throw a message? Yeah, sure.